Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 20 of the Off the Dome podcast. This is Baller Nation. We've got a guest on today, another guest on, OJ Knows Sports, all the way out in Tampa Bay. How's it going tonight? I'm doing well. I'm happy. I'm happy to be alive. Happy to be a Bucks fan. Happy to be in Tampa. We're doing big <laughs> things. What's good? It's been a good year for Tampa Bay sports, man. You all got the Super Bowl, Stanley Cup, almost won the World Series, but... Yep. Those uh, who it was that the Dodgers won that, hey? Yeah, if it was a little bit better coaching, we would have had that. But yeah, hey, I'll I'll take two out of three. That's not shabby. bad. It's not yeah. bad. Maybe if the Raptors can win you guys an NBA championship this year, maybe uh, <laughs> four out of three, hey? Well, while they're trying to get rid of Kyle Lowry, we'll see how that goes. That'd be <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah, this is some crazy talks. Actually, right before we started today, like I just heard that the um, Lamarcus Aldridge and the Spurs are agreeing to part ways. So. Spurs, my favorite team in basketball. I know I live in Canada. Okay. Like I cheer for like the, the 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 Lightning in the NHL, the Seahawks in the NFL, Spurs in the NBA. Again, I hopped on all those bandwagons when I was like 12 years old. I'm, I'm a loyal bandwagon fan. It's all good. Hey, um, you are no longer a bandwagon if you've been there for <laughs> at least 10 years, man. Yeah, so it's right. not about jumping on. It's about staying on. So that's right. Okay in my book, because I get I get a hell, bro. I get a hell for, for cheering for Alabama. Hell, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw that banner behind you. I was like, jeez. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the I think when everyone started getting into when everyone started getting into into college football, Alabama is the, the kind of that team that everyone sort of seems to fall in love with just because they win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but today we're going to go through, each of us have come up with five players. They might, some of us um, might have the same five players. Um, five players that have really surprised us so far this year. And then five players that we think after the All-Star break are going to have breakout sort of seasons. are going to improve a lot um, down the stretch of the NBA season so far. Um, would you like to go first in this one, OJ? Yeah, first? sure. I'll, I'll go first. So... I guess I'll go through the list and I'll kind of like justify my list. So, okay. and it's not really in any particular order, right? So I have LaMelo Ball, Julius Randle, Jalen Brown, Jared Allen, and um, Sabonis. Okay. Um, so I guess I can go with LaMelo, man. It's, so I had LaMelo as my rookie of the year and I did not, man, I did not think he'd play as well as he would. And what's the most, the most impressive thing to me with LaMelo is just how comfortable he is on the court, bro. Yeah. Like to me, when I look at rookies, I don't really look at stats, points. I don't really look at that stuff. That stuff is going to come, but I look at how well are they able to sort of like ingrain themselves within the game. Is the game too fast for them? You know what I mean? And the game is not too fast for him. And he's, he's natural and he's just, he's just a natural. So I was very, very impressed in terms of, you know, how, how well he's playing and how fluid his game is. And he's only going to get better. He's still a little erratic, you know, here and there, but that's going to come with time. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there. Um, yeah. like, like you said, for rookies, you see a lot of, like, young guys coming in the league. And it doesn't mean they're a bad player, per se, but, like, it's really impressive when you see a rookie who's, like, so composed on the court, and mm-hmm. he seems right. to be always in control. Um, another, maybe not a rookie, but another young guy like that is Donovan Mitchell, I find. He's just always in control. Um, sort of like how D Wade used to be when he was, yeah. he was a lot younger and LaMelo, I mean, this guy, he's, he's, I, I'm gonna call him a hall of famer. I'm not trying to jinx him or anything, but I mean, he's on his way, man. I'm telling you. He has a very, very high ceiling, man. Um, yeah, I, I think his shooting is only going to get better. And people are talking about defense. I, I, man, if you've seen some of my videos, I couldn't care less, man. <laughs> 
I just I'm the defense and NBA is overrated type of guy, so yeah, so I'm not too worried about that. But he's he's only gonna get better. I think he's gonna get bigger too over time. So yeah, so football. Um, I'll have a like yeah. Okay, you go Melo Ball. I'll say one of my five players now. Okay, sure. Uh, I noticed you said Julius Randle. He was also on my list, so I'll get that get that one out of the way right now. Julius Randle. I mean, what the fuck are the Knicks doing right now with a winning record? And yeah. they're fighting for home court right now in the Eastern Conference. Which, I'm mean, going into the year. I, I don't think anybody really expected to see that at all. Um, yeah, like what what's really impressed you the most? I, I guess out of uh, Julius Randle. Oh, what's? I'll be honest with you, man. I saw some flashes of uh, uh, Julius Randle even back when he played with LA. Not even with yeah. the Pelicans, man. But I don't know. There's something about playing with LeBron that. For some players, man, it just stifles their growth. You can see that with Jordan Clarkson. There's a bunch of players I could sit there and, and name you, and then once they get into their own kind of like unique situation, and they just go off. The defense and the intensity has always been there for Julius Randle. But for me, what stood out is really like sort of the offensive explosion. And he's he's he went from being a 27% three-point shooter to what, like 38 now? And yeah, to I mean, me, that's astronomical man Ridiculous. so that stood out um, a lot to me um and he's just he's very and, and people forget the dude is like six he's six eight he's like six nine six eight he's lebron's yeah. height but he plays big so that's probably the biggest thing I, that stood out to me personally it's probably his three-point shooting um efficiency yeah. granted he doesn't shoot a whole a crazy amount but still that's impressive to increase it by whole 10 points that's crazy I think you bring up a good point about the – and by the way, he he's definitely in the running for most improved player of the year so far. I think you bring up a good point about LeBron James. I found a lot with LeBron is uh, he plays a lot better with older players. Um, like, he, mm. like, when you look at all of his championship teams, there's a lot of veterans on those teams, um, especially, like, last year with the Lakers, where, like, half those guys in this team you think are washed and can play big parts in a championship-winning team. And, yeah, guys like Jordan Clarkson – who I who is another guy who surprised me. Um, yeah, so Julius Randle, LaMelo Ball. Who else you got? I got Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, okay. And in my mind, man, lately I've been flirting with the idea of, is Jalen Brown better than Jason Tatum? I'm not quite there yet, man, but I've been flirting with that, man. No, man. It's, and, it might be honestly... <sighs> They're, they're not going to win a championship together. And, 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 huh? and I don't want to get into the rabbit hole, but with those two guys, it's just there's such a redundancy of skill set with the they're very, very similar. Obviously, Tatum is a lot is more polished offensively, right? He can yeah. create his shot a little bit better. Jalen's a little bit better defensively, probably maybe more athletic. But it's it, I don't know, man. Jalen Brown has really impressed me, man. I feel like last year it was, you know, Tatum's coming out party, like, this is my team. And then Jalen Brown's like, wait a minute, I do this. Like, let me show you I do this as yeah. well. So he's been really impressive to me. I'm um, sort having... of that swagger and the confidence he's been playing with. Yeah, I mean, him and – I saw that video. You made that video about uh, duos that wouldn't win an NBA championship together. Uh, yeah. Jalen Brown and Tatum were one of those duos. I think you Correct. put Simmons and Embiid as well, if I'm not mistaken. I did. And I put Simmons and Embiid. I put uh, Dame and McCullum. And then I put Westbrook and whoever he teams up with. <laughs> <laughs> For like the, I'm going to say like the last two there, Dame and McCullum, I don't think are going to win a championship together, which is too bad. I'd love to see those guys win. Westbrook, definitely not. Um, 
But you know what's crazy, man? This is the crazy thing about Damon McCullum. People do not appreciate how great and special Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were. They really don't. And when you think about it, bro, it's so hard for a backcourt to be the centerpiece of the championship team. I mean, let's think about history, bro. How often has that happened, man? It, it, you have it's, it's it's you know you got Jordan Pippen, LeBron away, LeBron AD, LeBron Kyrie. Like you don't really see that often, man. You know, uh, KG, um, Paul Pierce. It's very hard to where your two best players is is your one and two, and yeah. then to win. Like typically, that's not conducive for success in the NBA. So when you see that, it makes you appreciate what the Splash Brothers did even that much more, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I never thought of that. Like, honestly, when you look at the two best players on championship winning teams, there's, yeah, it's very, I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, obviously, Clay and Steph, but other than that, I mean, yeah, as man. a Spurs fan, I'd like to say Tim and Tony, but, or no, uh, Tony and Monty Ginobili, but there's fucking Tim Duncan, who's one of the greatest players of all time in there. Right. And like, going through the years, I mean, Magic Johnson, but yeah, Kareem. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's hard, bro. The closest yeah. thing that I could think of, honestly, is 04 Pistons, right? Where you had Chauncey Billups and, and Rip Hamilton. Hamilton. But even yeah. then, I don't know that Rip was, I honestly, the second best player was probably Rashid Wallace or Ben Wallace. So I'm not even sure technically that Rip was the second best player. But Pistons, maybe the bad boy Pistons though, when they had Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas, maybe that's, that's a good point. Be, yeah. That man, but, they, some of the, the, but those Pistons teams like they were not normal basketball teams like no, they were not normal man. defensively they, they yeah. were a problem man they could win a championship with like one with one all-star like that's just the way like it's team basketball but not really in the sense when you think of team basketball you think of like passing and like mm-hmm. working together as a team on offense but those guys I mean respect that they found ways to win um yeah and you're you're also not scoring like 100 points on those Pistons back then. hell no nah, like, bro they're, they're gonna shut things up so Dude, the, 04 Pistons, they held like Kobe, Shaq, Carmelo, Gary Payton, who were kind of washed at that time, but a very talented Laker team to they didn't get over 100 points or anything once in those finals. Like, yeah, it was being held to it. I mean, it's prime Kobe, man. He's being held to like Kobe had a terrible series at that time in, in 2004. Got a little bit off topic hey, who there. Guarded but. him. It was Rip that well, Rip was a two guard, but he's he can't stop Kobe. So that was just a team effort right there, man. Yeah. Like when when people bring up the LeBron 2011 finals. I mean, you look up Kobe 2004, it's not much better, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Um, so, yeah, so we got Julius Randle there. And, oh, yeah, so back to the thing with the duos, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think they definitely have a chance to win a championship together, same as Embiid and Simmons. But they're, they're so young, it's, it's tough for me to say definitively. Um, I think that Joel, I mean, the way Joel Embiid's playing this year, I think he's going to be – I think he will eventually win an NBA championship. And I'll say my next player who's really impressed me – so far that this year and it's been Joel Embiid honestly um and yeah. the reason why is like we've never we've been seen waiting him. for a long time for this Joel Embiid though you have to admit we've been waiting for a Dude, long time he's we finally here we yeah. haven't seen Joel Embiid this consistent ever like this run we're seeing from Joel Embiid is ridiculous normally it's like yeah. a few good games gets an injury a few good games tweaks his back and then he's like inconsistent the rest of the way or something wrong right, right. something's wrong with his mentals like what we're seeing this run out of Joel Embiid is unlike anything we've ever seen out of the guy. And it's, it's hard. Like I, I'm kind of being a, what's the, what's the word? Like a pessimist or something. Like I don't really think this will, he'll be able to keep this up through the entire season. And like, I hate saying that because it makes me sound like a hater, but no, I, I don't blame you, man. Like, You're just going off of history, bro. 
like that, like this Joel and beat is what we've all envisioned. Trust the process, yeah. and it's finally here. And and half of it, half of it really is his um his injury or his availability. So, but yeah. it's always an injury or like I, I swear like his mentals are always kind of off. Like against yeah. the, the the Raptors series in 2019, Philadelphia could have won that series against Kawhi Leonard and them. But Joel Embiid, like some of those games, he was just absolutely terrible, man. Just tear. And in other games, yeah. he would go and give you thirty-five points. Like he was very inconsistent during that series. And but this year, I'm hyped for the 76ers. I'm not a big Sixers fan. I their fans are kind of annoying, but I don't really care. Uh, I'm just happy for Joel Embiid, honestly. Um, yeah, so right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm losing in the second round of the playoffs, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I mean. It depends who it's, they it's, call. It's, man, you're gonna learn one thing about me. I'm a big Simmons, Ben Simmons hater, man. I'll, I'll admit yeah, okay. it. Man. I yeah, have. Like you'll see that, man. It just in the playoffs, he becomes such a massive liability, man. The yeah. way you guard him, man. Like it's just it's just so easy to just sag off of him and then help defend on MP. Like that's what everybody does, and yeah. it's just it's effective. The, the Raptors did that very very well, so. They're, they're gonna have to figure out well then again if anyone could do that that would be Doc Rivers so we'll see yeah Philadelphia they got swept last year in the playoffs right in the first round was it I think they were, like against Boston I think because they didn't have was Joel Embiid Boston they played? I thought they won a game I could be wrong they've swept the gentleman swept I'm not 100 sure but they I, I'll look it up right now but because I don't think they had Joel Embiid last year in the playoffs 76 yeah. is 2009 2020 because they, they definitely didn't make it to the second round. Um, and, yeah, like, they it, it was tough for them in the playoffs without without Joel Embiid. I but, thought they had Joel Embiid for the last game, no? Maybe. Or was it the – because I know he was – he had some injuries. I'm trying to look it up. For some reason, it won't, won't show up. Um, oh, yeah, they played – no, last year they played the – they got swept by the Celtics, 4-0. And they had Embiid oh, for that's right. game one. Or shit, no, they, they had, had it backwards. Had they had, oh, maybe they were missing Simmons last year in the playoffs. I think Embiid was playing all the way. All right, mm-hmm. shit, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. Whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so you got – so who you got? You got Julius Randle. Let's, who, who's your next player then? Who's impressed? So the next is Jared Allen. Dude, Again, yeah. he's not putting up crazy numbers or anything like that. But for me, what I'm impressed by – is his ability to go to a completely different system and still do Jared Allen things. Yeah. So that that's impressive to me. And I'll be honest with you, man, if somehow the Nets were able to keep Jared Allen and still make the trade for James Harden, we're talking yeah. possibly a sweep of the Lakers, man. I know it sounds crazy, man. Yeah. That's how impactful this guy is defensively. But I I, I get it. You had to you had to get rid of like if you if you want Harden. You, I mean, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, and he was the sort of sacrificial lamb. I've, but Jared Allen, man, he's I, man, he's one of those players. I think he'll thrive and do well in any team. You can put him in any team, man, and he'll, he'll do very well. So. I've been a big Jared Allen fan, like, I'll, for pretty much since I really found out about him. Mm. And speaking of that Harden trade, the, I was always really confused how the fuck the Cleveland Cavaliers ended up with, like, pretty much giving up nothing and getting back Jared Allen and who they got one other guy back, I think from that. Um, but yeah, that this is a really weird trade there. But yeah, yeah I don't even remember what Cleveland gave up. Like, they gave up, like Dante Exum, I think, and like a second round draft pick. Oh, man. And a pack of few really good players. Or they got Gerald Green too. Mm. 
or Jeffrey, one of those two. Um, yeah, Jared Allen, I've, I've been a huge fan of his for his entire career. And sort of in that same space, out with James Harden this year and sort of the same reason for you, the way that he's transitioned into the Brooklyn Nets offense has really impressed me. I mean, Kevin Durant has been playing at all in recent weeks. And Harden, he's a walking triple-double on the Brooklyn Nets. It's, Definitely I mean, in game, like he, he'll go out there one game, give you, give you 38 points, remind us all that, he, that he's still the guy he was in Houston, and then the next game score 15 points and get 16 assists. I mean, he's just – he does whatever the team needs from him. And Brooklyn's mm-hmm. been getting a lot of dubs without Kevin Durant. And it's yeah. a bit scary, I think, for the rest of the league because guys like Bruce Brown are starting to step up. And they got Blake Griffin, who I personally think is the definition of washed as fuck. But, I mean, he might it's, make a rejuvenation. You never coming know. Coming off the bench, though, and it's still Blake Griffin. So, still Blake Griffin. I have a question, though. Is, is Spencer Dinwiddie slated to come back towards by playoff times? Yo, the or, rest of the league, the Lakers better hope not. The Lakers dude, better. If, if, if Dinwiddie comes back, man, it's it's already a wrap, but it's a wrap wrap. Like, <laughs> We're talking he, the first 16-0 playoff run. And, and I'm telling you, man, people, and, and we're not even talking about Joe Harris. The dude is a certified sniper. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's going to be problems, man. I'm but, guessing you you think the Brooklyn Nets are winning the championship right now. That's sort of the vibe I'm getting off you. Right right now, that's where I'm leaning, man. I mean, I reserve the right to change my mind. But I'm le- and, and the reason being, honestly, it, has, it, it probably has a little bit more to do with AD and the uncertainty behind his injury and how that yeah. will affect the finals more than it does with it. But the, the Lakers, they have the potential to be a good team defensively, man, but but their strength is in the interior, man, which is yeah. not – the strength has to be in the perimeter, man. That's where the Nets are going to do their damage. And so when I'm looking – because NBA is all about matchups. Like, the matchups are not favorable for the Lakers, man. Not at all. Um, who are you going to put on, on James Harden, right? So you put KCP, all right. KCP's gonna get absolutely shredded. Now he'll give you some points though. You put um Alex Caruso, he'll slow him down a little bit, but Alex Caruso, he's gonna give you nothing on offense. Yeah. So Wesley Matthews might be your best bet, but it's like really it's still James Harden. James Harden's gonna cook anybody. Like you Yeah, he's gonna cook anyone. So he's gonna he's gonna kick cook everyone. And if Harden's gonna get slowed down, then oh, all right, we'll give it to fucking Kyrie Irving, who's by the way, probably having the best season of his career. And mm-hmm. or Kevin Durant, I mean, it's and Schroeder is not gonna stop no freaking Kyrie Irving, and no, you know no, LeBron no. James and, and and KD how that goes. KD's gonna get his thirty five. Like LeBron don't play defense these days. I don't know if LeBron's fair. gonna play defense on KD. He's probably gonna go chill, guard Joe Harris in the corner all game, man. Like yeah, he'll play defense maybe the last two minutes, but he doesn't want that KD smoke, man. KD he'll get that chase down block and get the narrative and get the headlines, but mm-hmm. got the entire um. Game, but and honestly, like Lakers, I, like it's gonna be tough for them even to get to the finals. I think, like, I really hate the Lakers, so I predict them to win the championship. That way, if they win the championship, at least I get to be right off that, and so I get something back. Mm-hmm. But I dislike them so much. But the Clippers are tough. Jazz. I think Clippers are the main issue, man. To be they're, honest, they're under. I think they match up pretty well against Denver, Utah. I'm sorry, man, but to me, Utah. Utah is this year's Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I don't believe in them. And maybe I'm wrong, man. I, I might be wrong, but I just, I don't. And the thing is, I cannot really articulate in a justified way why I feel that way. It's just a gut instinct thing, I think man. it's the, I'm a superstar. Like, you look at any team throughout history, 
They've all they've always uh, won the championship. They always got a top five, at least top ten player in the NBA. These guys yeah. don't even have a top twenty player in the NBA, depending on where yeah. you rank Donovan Mitchell. Um, That's true. But I mean, yeah, like this. If they do win the championship, it'll be the first time I think in history that a team without a top ten player wins it. Top fifteen for sure. Um, well, yeah. maybe the 04 Pistons. I'm trying to think. Would you think Chauncey Billups was top ten then? Probably like guys like 04 Pistons. Um, but then again, that's an exception though, because that yeah. defense was out of this world, man. So that defense is no like that Jazz Utah's defense is nowhere near that Pistons defense. Not at all. But Jazz, the Jazz strength and they got good defense, but their strength is just shoot. It was it's shooting the three ball. And yeah. I'm gonna give you my next surprising guys, and I kind of cheat on this one. And this is a perfect segue. I've gone with the entire group of Mike Connolly, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, and Bojan Bogdanovic this year. So far this year, I don't think they're going to keep this up, but those guys, the, the contribution they gave to the Jazz, just off sheer lack of ability of shooting threes at a high rate is nice, stupid. Man. It's stupid. You watch a Jazz game and they'll catch heat. I mean, they'll score like 25 points in the first quarter and then rip off 45 in the second quarter while shooting 80% from downtown. And it's just like, you, yeah. if, if a team shoots like that, there's no way you can stop them. There's, you can't beat them. They're very well coached, and the roster was put together very nicely, man. When they got Jordan Clarkson, to me, I was like, I questioned that move. I was like, that doesn't really make sense. Because Jordan Clarkson, he he's a little bit of a wild card sometimes, right, in yeah. how he plays. He's, he's more of a, like a freestyle type of player. But it works, especially if he's doing that coming off the bench. So it's perfect. But yeah, I mean, it's, he's it's very run well away from me. The roster. Yeah, run away from me, sixth man of the year so far, I think. Um, him and, like, you said, well, coach. I think Quinn Schneider, coach of the year. Is, is he coach of the year for you, too? Nope. No, I mean, we can get into that. You, you'll be – you're going to – you are right. not going to like who I have. <laughs> All right. No, that's chill. Okay. I hear you. All right. Um, who else you got then? So the, my last person is last uh, one. DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, I like um, that. Last one. I'll be honest with you, man. He's probably – Probably the most underrated player in the NBA, man. That dude is a baller, man. In what what way would you think? What, in what way do you think he's underrated? His offensive game, defensive game? Honestly, neither. Recognition, just general recognition. I think people like you and I. So when I say underrated, like you know your stuff, so yeah. you're not gonna underrate him. And I guess it's more so like the public perception from like a casual fan base. Like most people, they wouldn't know. Like, okay, this guy is nice. You know what I mean? So you know how good he is and things of that nature. But really, I, I guess if you're talking about from a basketball standpoint, is his contribution and how you know how far his contribution um, takes the paces and things of that nature. So, but yeah. more than anything else, I just his name is not brought up enough, man, in the conversation of basketball and one of the more elite bigs in the NBA. And part of it is because he plays for Indiana, so I, I think that's a big part. Of it. It's a small market, so. Yeah, he won the he won the skills contest this year. And yeah, randomly, I was like, okay. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's ra- like dude, honestly, the skills contest is always some big man who wins it. It's never You're fun. right, man. Like, it's weird. I, mean, I, I I predicted Chris Paul would win, but it's like it's always these bigs. Like, go figure. Big white Europeans, man. They they kill yeah. in the skills challenge and they kill in fantasy basketball too. I got Sabonis, Vucevic, and Jokic in my fantasy team. I'm eight and two. You can't stop me, bro. Like this. Vucevic is another underrated dude, one. Dude, yeah. Those guys yeah, are awesome. killers. Um, I've gone with, with my last guy, and which is DeMar DeRozan for me this year. As a Spurs fan, I feel that I have to put this guy in here. 
And I, I predicted the Spurs. I thought they were going to have a terrible year. And right now, we're chilling. We're seventh right now in the Western Conference. We, we It seems like, I mean, and DeRozan, I hated that guy last year. He, I, he pissed me off so much. <laughs> but this year, he's been clutch as fuck, bro. Like, these Spurs are always in these really close games. And obviously, like, most people, I, I, you definitely don't watch a lot of Spurs games unless you're a psychopath like I am. Like, no, I'm, I don't. But they play basketball the right way. I can admit that much, man. But I, it looks like they're blowing it up, man. What do you think about that? It seems like they want to build around Murray because obviously I, before this, before I got on there with you, I was looking on TikTok. Apparently, they're trying to trade for uh, um, mutually part ways with um, Lamarcus oh my, Aldridge. Oh yeah, Aldridge. And then I heard some rumors with the Rosen possibly linked to the to the Lakers. So it looks like possibly they're cleaning up shop. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like those two guys leaving just for like the future of the Spurs because I I think we got a really good or really underrated young guys, Keldon Johnson, um, Devin Vassell, the rookie we just drafted, and mm-hmm. of course Dejounte Murray and a few other guys too. But Dejounte Murray, this guy, like when when you want like people, the, the discussion of who's going to get the next quadruple double. I'm just saying Dejounte Murray had a game with eight steals this season. Like he's. I have him in my conversation, man. Him and, uh, you know, that, that high school that, you know, who Chet Holmgren is or whatever his name is? You know, the high no. school, like seven feet tall. Um, but I think once he comes in the NBA. Oh, the one guy that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, he's either going to be just an absolute bum in the league or he might, like, he, he could fuck, I mean, Manute Bull type B, you know, maybe maybe grab 10 blocks in one game. You never know. Those guys, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. But the thing about the Spurs, man, they're in a position, like, Pop is such a good coach where they'll almost always make the playoffs, man. But it's like, realistically, the Spurs, they might make it to the second round. They, they yeah. eh, Depending on how the seeding works. But after that, I mean, I don't I don't know if they get further than that. So it's just kind of like, you know, one of those things, man. But yeah, I, I agree with Murray, man. And the dude is a great defender too, man. Like, so. Be back. Okay, let's go. Five, so we get went through our five um, surprises so far. Let's go through five breakout players. You say one, I'll say one. We'll kind of alternate like that. So how about yeah. you go first? First one, LeBron James. I just think, you know, he's going to turn it up. And if you look historically with LeBron James, man, this dude just he cruises for a little bit. But towards the end, you know, I think he's going to kind of like put his foot on the gas and turn up and stuff like that. So um, just for seating purposes. So that's my that's my one. LeBron James, I've gone with, and I put an asterisk next to this one, Giannis Adetokounmpo. That's because he's been turning it up for the past maybe month or so uh-huh. in games. But I think MVP Giannis, he's back. He's back. I mean, he's going for the three-peat. Um, first three-peat since Larry Bird for the MVP award. And, and like, if playoffs had anything to do with the MVP, he wouldn't win it. But playoffs don't. And I mean, obviously the narrative's not there for him, but I think he deserves it. Or I think at the end of the year, I think he will be in a position where he should deserve it. Okay, but you're not you're not saying that he, you think he you think he should be in a position to get it. But are you saying that he should be the MVP or right now is Joel Embiid? Okay, but I think by the end of the year, because like I said, I don't know, I don't know if Joel Embiid will be able to keep this up. I think Giannis is only going to get better. Okay, so yeah. My second one is uh, is Fred Van Fleet, a little okay. bit of an odd one. Um, those guys, man, out there, you know, well, I was going to say out there in Toronto. It's really out here in Tampa. Um, 
I, I think they're eighth or ninth place, but they're, they're just barely hanging on, man. And I think he's just going to push it just to sneak in the playoffs. Um, and it looks like they want to sort of, you know, part ways with Kyle Lowry. Now at that point, it's, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of people will say it'll be Siakam's team, but I don't think so, man. I honestly think it's going to be Fred, um, Fred Van Vliet, man. So and I think he's just going to really prove himself this second half of the um, the year to kind of say, you know, this is my team. So Yeah, it's kind of sad because, like, I, mean, I think we all thought Pascal Siakam was going to be the future of the Raptors a few years ago. And that – He just peaked and just flatlined after that. Like, yeah, that didn't happen, man. I mean, he's still got time, young guy. Um, but, like, dude, you, you got to chill with the spin moves, man. Like, come on. It's, it's, it's a meme for a reason. It's his only move, man. Like, he gets in the yep. – Spinny P. Um, my next one, I've gone with similar to Luka Doncic. He's been turning up lately. Well, Luka Doncic, he's had a really slow start of the year. And in recent weeks, he's starting to turn it up. And I think toward the end of the year, Dallas, Dallas will be a playoff team, I think. Like, they, they got off a terrible start. Um, but they're coming back yeah. into it. And I think he'll be in the MVP conversation come the end of the year. Um, because, that, like, his team's going to be I, – I think Matt Dallas – the, the way they're trending, they'll be a five, six, seven seed in there, which, I mean, I think for Luka Doncic is good enough to get him in the MVP conversation. So I'm with Luka for my second pick. For my third pick, I got Stephen Curry. Honestly, kind of sort of same exact reason um, for Fred Van Fleet. The only thing is with Stephen Curry, I think he's really going to make a push uh, for the playoffs. I think right now they're currently on the outside sort of looking in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's going to just put the team on his back like he's been doing all season and uh, to try to uh, get a playoff spot. All right, Steph Curry. I'll, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. He's going to come back from the injury, and it's – I believe – I, I truly believe – do, do you know the timetable for that, for his return? Four weeks. They said four, four weeks, weeks, and he'll get reevaluated. And then I guess maybe this is more of like a – I think in the playoffs he'll start turning it up. Uh, definitely about the playoffs. Um but they said he's going to be evaluated in four weeks. I think that's like a week from now, two weeks from now. Um, I can't imagine he's up for the year. But I think that I've got a feeling about Anthony Davis because what I saw last year in the playoffs, that, that shit scared me, man. Like what he was doing to the, to the Denver Nuggets and what mm-hmm. he did to the Miami Heat was, it was I mean, that's scary. I mean, it's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Great, bro. It's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. For my so kind of for my fourth and fifth one, it's kind of like a like a duo. I got CP3 and D Book. Okay. Um, what they've been doing this season is special, man. And honestly, man, it just in case we for, forgot, man. Like in case we forgot what what Chris Paul did over there in OKC. Just in case, like this dude is so special, man. Chris Paul is the he's a once in a generational player, and that he has this 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 innate ability to completely change an entire team around and that's essentially what he's done with yeah. the Suns, man. And so, and I think they're going to continue to, you know, to keep their foot on the gas, him and deep book, and then, you know, hopefully secure the number two uh, spot in the West. I've always said this, Chris, every single team that Chris Paul goes to overachieves, at least in recent years. And mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for injuries, 2015, we might be looking at the Clippers as the NBA champions and 2018, if CP3 doesn't get hurt. Houston could fuck around win that championship because yeah. we're up three two in that series, and there's no way that I mean that, that was a bad Cavs yeah. team. In I had them winning that game. That game seven, it was in Houston, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and even without Chris Paul and with Houston missing 27 straight threes and with some terrible refing toward the end of that game, still a close game. Still was like yeah. an eight-point game. I mean, it's 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 sad. I, I hope he gets the championship, man. I really hope he does. Out of all the players who don't have one yet, him and D. Rose, they got to be the two that want us to get a ring. Facts. Agreed. Right now. Um, and I'll go with my fourth and fifth. My fourth one, I've gone with Jimmy Butler coming back from injury. Similar to Chris Paul, this like he's got that ability. It's really weird where he just he just win, he wins. That's all he does. I mean, he he he'll score 19 points and be the most valuable player on his team by a long shot. Um, and it's he's just an intangibles god. Like his intangibles are so good. His mm-hmm. his leadership yeah. is so good. And that Tom Brady factor, man. Yeah, like that, that's that's what Jimmy Butler has, man. Like when he he got those guys in Miami. Because no offense, man, that roster. I'm not trying to say it's sleep, but that roster had no business making the NBA Finals. Hell but no. He got those guys to believe, bro, to believe. And and yeah. and when you could get guys to buy into certain things and believe, man, then their play starts to reflect that belief, man. That's what it comes down to, man. It's a yeah. lot of teams out here with zero belief that they're gonna make it anywhere, man. So. But yeah, you're right when it comes to intangibles with, with uh, Jimmy Butler, man. It's, it's through the roof. And my fifth guy is a guy that like, if, if you don't know this about me, I'm a, like, I like random NBA players. And Davis Bertons of the Washington Wizards is an NBA player who I just, I really like, man. Like, I don't know why. Because he used to be on the Spurs and I fell in love with him. He's an absolute sniper. And this year he got hurt and he's been playing pretty shit. But I, I, I got a feeling that because Washington's going to be making a playoff push, I think. They had a really bad start to the year, but I think they're going to get back in the playoff race for sure. Um, I think Davis Bertans, who put up 16 points a game last year, I, I could see him getting back to that. And it's a, it's a completely random one, but it's definitely biased from me, but I don't care. Davis Bertans is my final. Well, that's a nice one, man. That's one of those anti-NBA casual fan ones, man. Like, you got to know yourself to know that guy and appreciate it. Exactly, bro. All right. Those are our breakout players and our surprised so far this year. I don't have a title for that one. Um, surprise players, I guess you could say. Do you want to do your? Do you want to run through award predictions, playoff predictions? What What you trying to do right now? Yeah, sure. Let's Let's get into the uh, the awards. Awards. Let's do it. Uh, start with MVP. Okay. Yeah. Sure. For my MVP, I think we both have uh, Joel Embiid. Honestly, yeah. uh, you, you can't deny the numbers, man. It's really that simple. Me personally, I, I feel like LeBron has been the most valuable actually the word actual valuable yeah but it mb bro yeah you can't and, and the thing about mb it's on both sides man both sides of the ball so yeah that's the MB. thing again that's the thing with Jokic. i think Jokic offensively has been having the best year or the better year between him and joel Embiid. that's obviously debatable but i but it's defense Jokic just he can't play defense at all compared to joel Embiid. Um, who's like your, your your like second, third, fourth in MVP? Like, what's your kind of hierarchy for the MVP race so far? I, I, Harden is is up there. Uh, LeBron is up there as well. Um, obviously, Giannis. You can't go wrong with him. So it's it's really those guys. Okay. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard's having a sneaky good year too. Pretty good. We're not talking about him, you know. So, um, but yeah, think- at this point, man. You kind of have to go with Embiid. And, and the most important thing about Embiid, it's not just that he's playing well, but his play is directly um, resulting into, into wins. You know? yeah. The Sixers are, are flying high right now. Yeah, so. and I think the thing you said about uh, Kawhi Leonard, we're not really talking about him. And I think the reason why he's playing so good is because he's sort of been out of the, the spotlight. 
this mm-hmm. year and the Clippers too. Like last year, the Clippers were favored to win the NBA championship by a lot of people. And Kawhi, he really choked. I mean, he had a good regular season, but he choked up at the playoffs. And yeah. I think this year we're kind of like, just we've sort of forgotten about the Clippers as an NBA community. We're like, all right, Lakers going to the NBA championship. But the Clippers are still there. They're still that team. And it's a great place to be in. The place where you're in the periphery of the public eye to where yeah. you don't have all that pressure. So, Yeah. All right. Um, do you want, Let's go through defensive player of the year. Who's, who's your deep boy so far? You're not going to see this coming, but, but to me, it's Miles Turner, man. And, and I know... I know a lot of people are going to sit, you know, Giannis and Rudy Gobert and, and all this other stuff and hell, even, even in beat. But the thing to me, like Miles Turner, and I think a lot of people don't look at him because he doesn't really average too many, you know, rebounds and things of that nature. But when you look at it, the dude's averaging a steal, right? He's averaging 3.4 blocks, which I believe is more than Gobert and Embiid. But here's the thing, the difference between Miles Turner and Gobert and Embiid and a lot of those guys He's one of the best perimeter defending centers in the entire league, right? There's only one other center, really, that you can make an argument for that's better than him in the perimeter. Right? And that's Bam out of bio, right? And obviously, yeah. Bam is probably the most athletic center in the league. You know, he's a lot of, he's he's Turner, he's a, Turner too. Yeah. Right? yeah, he's shorter too. Miles Turner is a pretty good perimeter defender, and he's a pretty good interior defender as well. He does both. Whereas someone like Rudy Gobert, he's going to get cooked, man, if he comes out to the perimeter trying to guard like AD. He's getting yeah. cooked like a, he da, like barbecue chicken, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So to me, I don't just look at numbers. I look at, you know, your post defense, your perimeter defense, and I look at all that. And to me, it's, it's Miles Turner. But he, he's not going to get it, man. And I <laughs> think that, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good – I never really thought of that, too, like the perimeter defense of some of these big men. Because I went, I went yeah. with Rudy Gobert, who's kind of like the main – I think he's probably the, the mainstream answer at this point. Um, and he's been having a great defensive year. But quickly on that Miles Turner thing, he got off to one of the hottest starts I've ever seen anybody get off to this season. I mean, there was like two months into the year, he was averaging like 4.2 blocks per game. Throughout the month of February, he – I mean, it was every other game he was getting four or five – so he was getting eight blocks a game sometimes. Um, yeah. He was just absolutely ridiculous in the in the in the paint, and obviously on the perimeter too. Yeah, Miles, and he's he's one of those. He never gets any credit for defense. like he's never been in like the conversation for defensive player of the year. People oh, put Ben Simmons before they put Miles Turner to win defensive player of the year, which is. And I think, I think Miles Turner might lead the league in blocks. I didn't look it up. I think right now he definitely is. I know he, he has more than Gobert and beat. So, I, yeah. I mean, the only other person I could think of, what, maybe Giannis? But, no, yeah, I think he might be leading in blocks. So. No, I mean, I by think... By the way, if I can say, like, the Defensive Player of the Year, I, I hate that award, man. I, it, it, because, to me, it's it's so biased towards bigs, man, that it's, yeah. it's not even funny. What is my sister calling me? It's so biased against bigs, man. And I, just, I think it's almost too biased against bigs. But... It's my little spiel on that one, but yeah. Yeah, Turner, 3.4 blocks per game. Gobert is second with 2.7 blocks per game. So he is he's by that's far a de- That's a decent difference. That's huge. Yeah, 2.7 and 3.4. Yeah, that's... That's like the equivalent of like four points per game, like mm-hmm. between the difference of points per game. Um, yeah, and, and the steals, he's averaging double the steal that Gobert is. And again, a lot of that is his ability to get steals in the perimeter as well, so... His teammates are actually leaving the NBA in steals per game. 
CJ McConnell or TJ McConnell, who had the he speaking of quadruple oh, yeah, double yeah, watch. Didn't he have like 10 or something? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I had him on my fantasy team. I looked over, he's got like he got me like 98 fantasy points. I'm like, yo, how the fuck does TJ McConnell have me 98 fantasy points? I had like nine yeah, steals for at half. He's not the first person you think of when you think of defense, man. Yeah. Now steals is I think that's the most misleading stat in the NBA. Because you guys like Stephen Curry will lead the league in steals per game back when he was winning MVPs. He's not like, I wouldn't, he's, he's a liability on defense, but I mean, he's just, yeah, I mean, that's my no, sort no, you're, you're right. And I, I recognize even back in the day with Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson, yeah. the league in steals all the time, but Allen Iverson ain't trying to check nobody, man. And frankly, I don't blame him. He's carrying his whole team. The boy ain't got no energy <laughs> on defense, but hey, he, he, and he gambled a lot too, but yeah. All right, so that's MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, let's go with Rookie of the Year. You, you had LaMelo Ball. We can sort of get that. Yeah, that's, right? I mean, like I it's a is there any, oh, I mean, who else is there? Anthony Edwards started out very, really, really well, I, I thought. But I think and he's kind the, of like slowed down a bit. Like now you're, you're starting to see more of his weaknesses and things yeah. of that nature, especially within the half-court game and stuff like that. That's where his flaws are really shown. But Lamella Ball, I mean, yeah. I think at this point, uh, the guy in Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, he's been having a really good year. Oh, he's nice. But, he's nice. And so I think similar to Lamella Ball, his game just looks so polished. Like he's not like Anthony Edwards is. He's a highlight reel, but he's not like polished the way that those two guys are. He's definitely not polished. Let me ask you this: Would you have at the beginning of the season for the rookie of the year? Man, I don't want. I had James Wiseman, bro. I thought he was gonna be better. You no, know, man, James Wiseman was the safe choice, man. That's yeah. why I, I I bet it on Lamelo, man, because Lamelo was risky, but it's like at the same time, it's like it's like one of those high risk, high reward type things. Yeah. But uh, don't beat you, man. Most people had. I thought about Wiseman, man, but I was just like, eh. Uh, yeah, Lamelo. Yeah, I mean, like he's Wiseman's been hurt too. I think Wiseman, out of the best career, I think him and Lamelo Ball. I think Wiseman still he's gonna have a really good career um, if he can stay healthy. But because he's just got so much talent. I mean, if, yeah, he does have a lot of talent. Like, once Clay comes back, he's gonna be even better because now you can't double team him. The, the the floor is gonna get spread so wide. He's he's gonna he's gonna eat. So yeah, he's got tons of talent. So that's rookie of the year. I want to save coach of the year for last because you said I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna like that pick. So I'm gonna just hold on to that anticipation. But let's go. What's what's left? Most improved player? Who who you got for that? Most improved, I have Julius Randle. And okay. and I think I kind of alluded to sort of my reason why. And a lot of it has been his astronomical improvement at shooting the three point ball and just him leading the Knicks to the record they have, the type of season they're having. Like you said earlier, like freaking the Knicks, who would have thought? So, um, yeah, I'm Julius Randle. Most me. improved player on the most improved team as well, you could argue. Uh, yeah. Julius Randle. Been ball- I think Julius Randle, I personally lean toward Jeremy Grant at this moment in time, but I, I, I like Randle, Grant's playing on, like, his team's not that good. But Jeremy Grant. They're, they're very bad. So, like, his play doesn't translate to wins. I also thought about Christian Wood as well. He's been I think though, yeah. at the beginning of the season, it was Christian Wood. It was all Christian Wood. Yeah. Most improved. Him and Jalen kinda... Brown. Yeah. I think, but I'm, I'm going to throw a name out there. And, like, I don't know if you like heard me say this, but Nikola Jokic. 
Yeah, I saw your video. Bro, bro, I'm telling you, the, the, like this, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling this You guy. know why it's hard? That's a tough sell. I'm big I'm Nicole Jokic dick rider, but. It's a tough sell because he's so good. Yeah, like, we were, we were so good, you know what I mean? So even though statistically the difference might be bigger with Jokic, but because of his stature of where he's at, it's just like kind of like harder to fathom. Whereas with Randall, his stature is kind of like here, and then it's like you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, like that's that's one that uh, that's how most improved player year of the year works. Like I think it was like two years ago, some Paul George, like he had a jump in like eight points per game at one point, mm -hmm. but he's never gonna win most improved player. But like for Jokic, for me, it's just like the, the efficiency that he's that he's doing it at. Like he's got a much bigger role, and his efficiency. Like I don't think he should yeah. win, but I think it's like I just always like to throw that name in there just for mm -hmm. conversation's sake. Uh, but Jeremy Grant, what, what I like most is, is his defense, honestly. Like, I was watching him against the Lakers, and LeBron James was – every single possession, was, he, didn't go against Julie, he didn't go against Jeremy Grant, calling the screen every time. And he was the guy who clamped Kawhi Leonard up last year in the playoffs. Um, I know yeah. you said you don't, you're not a big fan of, like, defense and stuff like that, but I think, like, especially in the playoffs, which he's not going to be in this year. Well, more, more so – Perimeter defense. Perimeter, okay, I'm yeah. Sorry. Uh, in the vi I'm sorry, not perimeter defense. I'm sorry, my fault. Individual defense more so. Not necessarily team defense. Like, team defense, yeah, that's a thing. That's like, how the Lakers won the championship. The defense. So, and what I mean by that is, like, you look at the Clippers, right, last year. They were getting torched by Murray and Gary Harris Jr. and those guys in the perimeter. Yet, you have Kawhi and PG, arguably. I mean, I would venture to say that Kawhi and PG are probably the two best perimeter duos in the league, but the, the man, Denver was doing so much switches that it didn't even matter. Yeah. So, and I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but good teams can scheme around great individual defenders is, is a better way of saying it. Like one-on-one -on -one sort of defenders. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I see what you're saying there. Um, so that's most improved player of the year. Who else? What's left? Um, shit. Coach of the, let's go. It's coach of the year. And then there's, we have six men. Six man. Let's do six man. I got Jordan Clarkson for that. Yeah, so do I. And I'll be honest with you, it's it's been a while since the gap has been like who's number two? Eric Gordon. I mean, Norman I don't know. Like, yeah. You know, maybe uh what's his face for the Lakers? Um oh, my Montrez Harrell. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty clearly Jordan Clarkson. I don't think you're gonna get a lot of disagreements yeah. there. That and all right, let's go with one that we do disagree on. Coach of the year. I got Quinn Schneider which similar to like Rudy Gobert, it's kind of like the, the mainstream sort of pick for that. Who's your coach of the year? Steve Nash. Okay. That's like the Steve Kerr, bro. That's like the, the reason, coaching superstars. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are like, really, bro? Steve Nash, you know, the guy that has Harden, KD, and Kyrie, <laughs> that is the easiest job in the world. But here's the thing, right? Two things. Like when I'm watching basketball, right, I don't just watch – for entertainment's sake. I, I sometimes I watch like an analyst, right? And I actually watch Steve Kerr, his rotations. I watch when he put guys in where. And if you look, man, like next time you watch your next game, look at Steve Steve Nash's rotation and, and the logic and the reason behind it. And a lot of times, man, like he, he he'll put Kyrie along breaks and things of that nature. Like he's just so smart in his rotation. So and I give him a lot of credit. And the second reason, man, it's not easy to coach hard in it. Like do like, I don't know if I've seen a team with as many egos as those three guys, man. KD's ego is not as big. He's more of a sensitive, passive-aggressive guy. But Harden and Kyrie, man, 
And so to manage all of that and to, to, to right now they're playing with the expectation that that's behind them. So, um, and I, and I think we take that for granted, right? I think it's like, okay, well, you, you should be doing good, but it's not as simple as let me get a bunch of talented players and make it work, right? I've seen yeah. Thomas. I think, like, I, I mentioned Steve Kerr because Nash is sort of in that same situation as Steve Kerr was all those years in, in Oakland where it yeah. seems easy from the outside, but when you're in there, it's, it's, it's tough to manage those personalities, yeah. those egos, because someone like James Harden, it's tough to convince him to go from scoring 40 points a game to being consistent 24 point per game sort of player. Um, and like he's the, the Brooklyn Nets, this, they're, they're rolling right now. And Kevin Durant, he's the kind of guy who is not going to make a big, like integrating KD back in the lineup. That's not going to change anything for the worst at all, because mm-hmm. he's just, he's a very unselfish player. But yeah, I mean, in, in, I think the big, and quickly on Steve Kerr, because he's sort of in that Steve Nash role. I think mm-hmm. what I really liked most about Steve Kerr was that he was able to keep that team together for a considerable amount of time like they won I mean they went to the finals five times together before it kind of sort of fizzled out and if Steve Nash like if he because the, the Nets if they don't win this year should if even if they do win this year they've got the chance for the next two or three years now to go on a dynasty and if Nash can keep that together I mean and he's got a really good coaching staff behind him I mean with Mike D'Antoni who's been he's been a really good coach his entire career if they can keep that team together they're going to win a championship or two in the next few years for sure. Yeah, those guys are straight up in their prime. And I and I thought about Monty Williams as well, Suns coach. Yeah. Um, so cuz I I think I don't know man, I think and not to say the Suns were sorry last season, but to me the season they're having is similar to the season the Knicks are having, kind of like out of nowhere. But then again, I I can't say I'm too surprised cuz that comes with the territory with Chris Paul, that's the type of stuff he does, yeah. but so and we I'm saw the Suns in the bubble, bro. Like, Suns won eight in a row in the bubble, which yeah. like, that surprised everybody. And I think going into the C, we were still like, all right, well, that's there's no way they can continue winning. But they have. They're they're the two seater now. Yeah. Um, in the in in the in the NBA right now. So that's 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 the awards. Should we just jump straight into playoff predictions? Like, what do you want to do? Championship predictions? Yeah, we could do uh, so or, playoffs. I mean, it's early, but like, do you have anything other than the Lakers and Nets? I mean, maybe the Clippers. Yeah. But I just, it's hard for me to say the Clippers, man, because I don't know what Paul George I'm going to get, man. I, I don't. I honestly, with Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi will choke again. I think Kawhi will, but I don't know what Paul George I'm going to get, man. And so, yeah, I want to say that about Kawhi Leonard. People are getting way too comfortable with calling Kawhi Leonard a playoff choker or calling Kawhi Leonard or the Clippers the flippers. People are getting too comfortable calling, like, disrespecting Kawhi Leonard like that. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that because it's only one year. You're going to have to do that twice for me. And to, it's one year, but – Paul has done that multiple times, I feel like, so. He had two poor games, I think. Because he was – but he balled out in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. he had those two games that really let him down, especially game seven, where – I mean, that's supposed, to, that's, that's supposed to be Kawhi's game. Last time we saw Kawhi in game seven, he dropped, yep. like, a 45-point – he dropped a 45 piece and hit the game winning buzzer beater. And then against Denver, he just choked up. But like, that's not going to happen again. I, I, I can guarantee you that's not going to happen again. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. George. But, let me ask you, but, but, but Paul George was lackluster too. So now the question yeah. is do we trust that Paul George will rebound? 
I, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure. So I hope we get. That's my question mark. Is Paul George? I hope we get Indiana Pacer Paul George. Like the, yeah. the Paul George that almost beat LeBron James. The, uh, the people don't remember that play. That Paul George and he's the three like by half court. But yeah. Yeah, dude. I yeah, like the one where you like puts his hand out and then. Yeah. Six to three. Right. I remember that. Yeah, that was hot. Um, like holy. We, I mean, we. Do you see anyone challenging the Nets? Out in the East? I don't, in the East, um, I think the Bucks have a – the Bucks are really underrated, I think, but they're not going to – like, I, like six six game series at most. They might get lucky. Um, but, like, I, th- yeah, I think I they could – The Bucks played them well. Like, I saw the, the last time they played, it was – that was one of the best NBA games, honestly. It was on prime but I think the, but, the thing with the Bucks is, like, it seems sort of repetitive at this point. It's like, all right, they're good during the regular season. Giannis is a beast in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they kind of choke up. But I mean, but they're still a really good team. I think the Nets are going to have a bit of. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're they're not going to get swept with the Nets, but no, nah, definitely not in the East and and in the West. Like I want to like, I I'm not going to. I'm going to predict the Lakers to win the championship, just because like I can't stand that team. And if I already said this, but if you I'm can't stand the Nets, or no, the, Lakers? the Lakers, I can't stand the Lakers. So that are way, you a LeBron hater by the way, or I won't say LeBron. I don't. I don't really fuck with the guy. Like I'm not, I don't know. Like, why? Is it like you're a Jordan guy or, like, is it, like, the decision 2010 or no, just, there's just a lot of reasons? I like LeBron in Cleveland. I, I cheer for LeBron in Cleveland. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, it's sort of the the decision 2010 is one of them. I'm a Spurs fan. So a lot of people think it's like, oh, because he beat Oh, Jordan I forgot you're a Spurs fan. Okay. But I, I but, completely forgot that. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yo, we beat, we beat LeBron two times in the finals. He's only beat us once. And it was Ray Allen who beat us, man. But like I don't know, I just oh, don't. Come like... on, man, Ray Allen. Ah, oh, come no, I'm on. I'm sticking to that. I'm hey, sticking dude. to that, bro. I know I'm sticking to that. Come <laughs> on, man, Ray Allen. That is hilarious. And and uh, I listen. I, honestly, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna back and watch that game so many times. I know what you're gonna say. The Ray Allen shot. Uh, LeBron James hit a massive big three. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. You're, so you're gonna just stick with that, all right? I'm man. telling you, I'm telling you. I like. I know he. And in game seven, he went off, and he went on a crazy run at the end of the fourth quarter. But, you know, I get emotional about that series. So I don't care. I just, all right, what happened in 2014? Talk to me. What happened? Tell me what happened. Patty Mills, what happened, bro? Patty Mills, Tony Parker, Kawhi, the whole team. That's what happened. That's it. That was, it wasn't it 2014 where freaking Danny Green went off? From that's like 2013, I think. That's 13, okay. Yeah, but no, I, I like I, LeBron Cleveland. I think we all cheer for LeBron. I don't know anyone who didn't cheer for LeBron in, in Cleveland. Like, Against Golden State, who's cheering for Golden State? Were you cheering for the Warriors? Like no one's cheering for the Warriors except for those bandwagon fans. Not me. Like, I don't so know. So you think the Lakers are gonna beat the Nets then? I think like I, that's my prediction. Just because I don't know, it's I'm, I'm a pessimist. All right, let me ask you a question. You know, be completely honest, bro. Are you are are you making that prediction to hedge your bets, man? Like, because it's like a kind of like a double psych type of thing because that way if they do beat the nets it's like okay you could all right yeah <laughs> dude you exposed me right now bro chill yeah that's exactly what it is and i've got no shame in that because last year i predicted houston to beat them and i thought i could t- speak that into existence i was like yo houston's gonna beat the lakers they're gonna beat the lakers and then i was dead wrong about that so that, that's that just shows how much i know but i mean the nets got a better team than the lakers and i want the nets to win but like 
dude, you kind of expose me right now. Like, that's exactly what I do. Like, I don't know. And it's, I don't, like, I don't have no shame in that anymore, man. I don't care. I've been watching sports long enough where I just, I just <laughs> always think. As, as you're honest, man. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I thought the Spurs were going to be, like, dead last in the Western Conference. I got no shame in that. I don't, I don't care, bro. Like, no shame. You, you just, can't make me feel shame in that, bro. And I, honestly, man, I'll reevaluate things once AD comes back. But the biggest question up for, question mark for me is what are the Lakers going to do, man, in their perimeter defense? I just, I can't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it, man. I just don't see what they're going to do. Like, I think that the Nets are just, that offense is prolific, man. Yeah. I think the, the it's like. I think, like, on a serious note, though, the LeBron James effect has a huge impact on the NBA Finals. And, and he like, knows how to win. He just knows how to win, man. Like, all these yeah. games are really close. I mean, he's – like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to, to really kind of put it into words, but he just – like you said, he just knows how to win basketball games. And, I mean, he's got a – I think he's got a really good team – he's got a good team around him. AD is a baller. If AD can come back to what he was last year in the playoffs, yeah, that's GG. But like the more you talk, the more you're talking about Brooklyn right now, the like the harder it is for me to believe that they're not going to win the championship. And it's weird because like all the players, like I want to see James Harden win a championship so bad. I've been a huge Harden fan my entire life, even though I understand that like, he gets a lot of criticism. But like I don't know, I've always there's something about Harden that I've really liked. But and I, I'd love to see him win a championship. But yeah, that'll be dope. I will say this though. By the way, you know, I do I do think that Jordan's better than LeBron. As a matter of fact, the hoodie that I'm wearing says that. It does. However, if this is a hot take, and I'm probably gonna make a TikTok video on this, if LeBron James somehow beats the Nets, I, I I'm gonna seriously have to consider him to be the goat man, because Golden State and then 16 and now the Nets. What what do we? It's gonna be hard to defend Jordan, man. If if LeBron beat, I guarantee you, bro. If, if he beats the Nets somehow, you're gonna that I'm, I'm is the go. people are gonna run away with that narrative. I'm a, like I'm gonna call him the go right there. If he wins Finals MVP against the Nets, you I have bet. to like. I, it's just hard at that point to not do yeah, that. And you mentioned you mentioned the Nets. You mentioned the the Warriors, Spurs in 2013. I'm a Spurs fan. Like this might I'm not trying to be biased here, but that was a damn good team. 2013, yeah. but that's a damn good team that, that he beat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hard. There's five championships right there, five rings. Five rings. Now nah, he may not get to six, but I don't really care at this point because the dude's been. He plays for. He's gonna have every record. He's probably. Yeah. He's gonna mess around and get forty thousand points. But when it's all said and done, man. I think so. like prediction. Like, do you think LeBron's gonna retire as the goat in your books? Like at this rate. Because I think in my books, I think he will. I think if I'm not so sure, but check this out. If he doesn't within five to 10 years after retirement, he will. Because I think a lot of people, there's this nostalgic effect that people have when it comes to sports. And once it marinates a little bit, they start having like revisionist history. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, LeBron is the GOAT and stuff. And you see that happen so often, man. So if not, while he's playing, definitely within five years after he retires, man. Because we're going to start to appreciate For some people, it takes time. It, it takes yeah. time for you to not see it, to know what you had. Like, the dude is special, man. And I don't know that we fully appreciate. Like, And the, the last thing I'll say about LeBron James, right, you could hate him. You could not, when I say you, not you personally, just in general, right? Yeah. 
LeBron James more than any other athlete I've ever seen in my entire life when he came to the NBA. I've never seen so much pressure and expectation on, on a player. This goes for any sport. And he lived up to it, man. Like, that is huge, bro. Like, uh, Jordan, like, did not have this type of expectation, no. man. Like, not even close, bro. And so, the, you could, like, so for all the, you know, people that are listening to that are LeBron haters, man. Like, just remember that. This dude lived up to it, man. And that is that, that's worthy of praise, man. I don't so. think people don't really understand. Like, Zion Williamson had a lot of expectation. LaMelo Ball got a lot, a lot of expectation. But LeBron, I mean, he, like, I, it's, it, I wasn't really a big sports fan at that time. I mean, I was, I was like a little kid. But looking back and like, like watching like documentaries on that stuff, he. It's, bro, I lived it. I'm a little I, bit older. I remember in high school, man, I they were putting games on ESPN, bro. And I remember like in high school, the chosen one. Like, what is he, Jesus Christ? Like, it he's was only, like, yet. blasphemous, bro. Like, how bad they were jocking this guy. Like, he lived up to the bill, man. Dude, he didn't live, he didn't just live up to it. He, like, no one, like, when you were watching that high school, I don't think you were, you were thinking that he's going to go out there and have the kind of career that he was going to have. No one thought that. Uh, because in high school, I remember thinking, this guy, probably one of the best athletes I've ever seen, but his, his, it's very crude. His game was not refined at all. And that's what I remember thinking. Was, and just year after year, he got better, improved his jump shot. He just became a more fluid player. Was let's be good? honest. If LeBron wanted to average 35, he could. Let's be honest. But he doesn't. Yeah. What would you kind of compare him to like what the, like how we people sort of looked at Zion Williamson in high school, where like it was just sort of like really flashy, but kind of not really polished? Is that sort of, is that like a fair comparison, would you say? Um, yes, but with Zion, there was a lot more emphasis on his athleticism and what he can do to physically impose his will. That was not necessarily the case with LeBron, even though okay. LeBron equally was as athletic and he could impose his will just as much. But LeBron, a lot of his damage was done with his playmaking. Even yeah. the dude, when he was 15 years old, like his playmaking, it was there. And I think that's truly what separated like the hype with LeBron and Zion and everybody else is, is playmaking ability. Cause we've seen a lot of guys that are, you know, athletic, crazy athletic and things of that nature. But with LeBron, man, like I remember the uh, uh, McDonald's all American game with Carmelo and stuff like that, man, his playmaking ability was just on full display, man. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's sweet. Is there anything else like you want, you want to talk about here quickly before, before we wrap things up? No, I'm good, man. This was a, a great podcast, bro. I really enjoyed talking to you. And, and obviously, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm down to do this like whenever you want. Maybe come back in the playoffs or sometime, sometime around that. You watch March Madness at all? Or are you a college basketball fan? Uh, I'm not big on it, but I definitely watch the tournaments. Once they yeah. start getting to the tournaments and stuff like that, that's when I really start paying attention and stuff like that. So, And I'm a, I'm a Syracuse fan as well. Syracuse, okay. Because I'm of Carmelo a... Anthony. That's, that's why. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Off the Dome podcast. Thank you very much for OJ for being, being the humble guest out here. Kanye, Mike Dean, hit him with the outro music. Let me get more volume.